And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The penalties, uh, definitely the timing of them wasn't um, obviously something we were able to overcome there in the first half. I know, you know, we have a big play breakdown that, uh, that we do just with all the different things involved. And, you know, we were minus 10 at, at halftime. And I, I think just the fact that, you know, it, it was illustrated, you know, the number of things we had to just continue to overcome. They made some big plays. They, they did a nice job of controlling the, you know, time of possession. Uh, but yeah, I think that was you know, you know, something that got in the way there in the first half, uh, particularly in point production, sustaining the drives. Uh, drive it appeared they had a fumble, but you couldn't challenge it because you were out of timeouts. Is that Correct. Right? Correct. It it go back to that timeout on the field goal. What happened there? Extra point. Well, I mean, it was a two point. You know, they went to uh, went to a two point, and you know, in a substitution, and you know, obviously we needed a substitute, so we called a timeout because of the. Um, you know the decision there, and um, you know hopefully through communication was trying to get the timeout back because you know the, the lateness of you know of their substitution going from you know field goal to so forth, but that was not the case. After a game like this, well, I think the biggest thing is you know we, we, we had an, you know we just had an excellent opportunity to, to get to twelve and four, um, and, and really felt that we were doing a number of good things coming into it. Um, you know. Um, just like anything in the game, you, you evaluate everything, you have game plans for everything, and um, you know we're, we're well aware of the things we need to work on and, and what our statistics show as far as in the area of uh, you know, officiating. Uh, this, this crew is, is um, weekly, you know, high, high in officiating numbers, and you know, so uh, we just you know, tried to really illustrate that all week. And, um, but I, you know, I think the timing of our, of our penalties uh, f- for us personally was, was something that was uh, you know, a challenge for us to overcome. How about them Cowboys? Indeed. Cowboys couldn't overcome a lot today. Maybe more than just the penalties. As they fall to Kyler and the Cardinals 25-22 at AT&T Stadium. Welcome into another post-game edition of About Them Cowboys, which we will discuss at all. We've got one of our own, Father John Mishota, standing by at AT&T Stadium. He just talked to Jerry Jones, and we're going to get to that audio as well. I'm Kent producing Welcoming In. Three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys. We've got Saad Youssef from The Athletic back. And back in the hosting chair, it's Kevin KT Turner. And of course, Father John Mishota's here as well. KT, pretty disappointing. Let's get into it. Thank you very much, Kent. And yes, a tough one right there. The Cowboys uh, just uh, couldn't pull out, pull that one out. It was pretty sloppy, to be honest. Uh, trailing thirteen to seven at the half, trailing twenty-two to seven going into the fourth quarter, and then kind of got a little wake-up call from the offense in the end. Too many penalties. Uh, some a real slow start by the offense. There's some coaching questions. Uh, you can maybe bring the referees into it. There's a lot of things that you could talk about in the end just didn't put together a very complete game at home with a chance to put a little pressure uh, on the other teams in the NFC and have a chance at getting you know home field advantage in the NFC. John, we'll start with you live from AT&T Stadium. Go ahead and give your uh, quick thoughts uh, on what happened today. 
Yeah, it's certainly disappointing for people like me who thought that they were going to build off of that Washington blowout. Uh, that clearly didn't happen. Um, <laughs> you know, people always ask whenever I do any interviews, uh, whether it's podcasts, whatever, about like, how do you beat this Cowboys team? And a lot of times I'll, I'll say that if you stop the run, uh, that's, that's a good start, you know, or, uh, just because the, of the style of play, it's usually one of my go-to things. And plus, you know, generally good teams run the ball. Well, obviously the Cowboys didn't do that today. We'll talk about that later, but I've changed that completely. It's just don't turn over the ball. If you're a good team and you don't give them any extra possessions, that's, that's their kryptonite. They need takeaways. And it's not just for the extra possession or stealing. It's the momentum it brings. This team feeds off of those. Like, I, I don't know anybody that was watch, has watched this Cowboys team all year long that didn't have the feeling like if that ball is a fumble there late in the fourth quarter, obviously they recovered it. Like you felt real confident they were going to go down with that momentum and probably win this game. And they just could not get that takeaway today. Now with me saying all of that, I do not put the blame for this loss on the defense. I put it on the offense rushing uh, 45 yards, 45 rushing yards against that rush defense. Like that ain't, that ain't like a top 10 rush defense. It's not, you know, elite rush defense, 45, 45 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. That was disheartening. And that includes the fact that how many run plays did they have that jumbo, jumbo, jumbo package of like, we're going to bring in eight offensive linemen, you know, like, and to only average 2.6 yards when we thought it was trending in a good direction with what we've seen from Zeke, what we think we, what we've seen last week from Dak running the ball. That was very disheartening. Uh, I just, I was, I'm surprised that the Cowboys offense did not put up more points against, against this Cardinals defense. Like the Cardinals are a good team. They're a playoff team. I mean, nothing to take away from them. Kyler Murray is an outstanding player. All that stuff's fine. The Cowboys offense needs to be better, especially at home. Uh, you know, there's no elements. Uh, it would be one thing if they played like this because, oh yeah, we were playing outside and it was, you know, 20 degrees and windy or no, it's perfect conditions. You're healthy on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're not, they don't have their star running back, their star wide receiver, uh, one of their star pass rushers. This was a game that the Cowboys offense need to play, play better in and, and they should have won this game. Yeah. And also, you know, to piggyback on John's point real, real quick, that 45 yards is including Dak Prescott's 20 yards. So if you take Dak, right. the quarterback out of it, you'd put just Zeke and Pollard. That's a, whatever it was, 25 yards rushing, um, between the two running backs. And, you know, three carries for Tony Pollard, that's not enough. And then just the average, like like John said, the, the rushing attack just wasn't there. And that's, again, with Dak, it was 45 yards. Without Dak, it's 25. This is when they were supposed to be right, too. The offensive line has everybody back. It's got Connor Williams. It's got Tyron back, Lyle. And, it's, and here's the thing, like, I know that we'll talk about officiating, but, like, on those holds, I didn't see it as being, like, what are they calling here? Like you would watch the replay, which I, I do love that they show replays of these things. Cause I, I feel for a long time watching football, uh, they would call a hold and they would just go on to the next play. It's like, no, let, let, let us see the replay of it. And I, yeah, did this ref crew call ticky tack stuff? Absolutely. But I don't know that it was on, on those holdings. There were certainly several holding calls against multiple offensive linemen that there are holds with any, just about any uh, referee crew. Like I'm not blaming that on them. They need to be better on that offensive line. I mean, let's be honest. That's the reason Connor Williams originally got pulled from the starting lineup because there was too many penalties. Uh, that that is that's really disheartening because, like I said, it's not like this was a full strength Cardinals defense they were facing either. Yeah, no, and I let's, I want to stay on that for a second because uh, there, there's going to be a there is I should say there is a big faction of the fan base who is really mad at the referees for 
how today went. And and I just want to go back to a couple things. A, what you said about looking at it, yes. Uh, I would say one of the holds I thought was like probably maybe shouldn't have been called. Um, uh, but everything else I was kind of like, yeah, that's, that's holding like refs are taught to watch for indicators. They're taught to watch for your arms being extended. Uh, they're taught to watch where your hand placement is and things like that. It's important. And it's what refs watch for. And it's not like Arizona didn't get penalized today either. Arizona had some bad penalties, uh, that cost them some points early in the game as well. Um, now we can talk about the turnover here in a little bit, but when I think about the penalties, look, the Cowboys have been penalized more than any team in the league by 11 penalties through 16 games. The Cowboys have been flagged 148 times. That's 11 more than Las Vegas. Like it's, it's not real close. So, you know, you can start saying that type of thing. I'm not one of those people who believes the the league is uh, rigged. And by the way, why would the league be rigged uh, when a serious injuries happen to these people and uh, B the Cowboys why would it be rigged against them? The team that would get to, that gets the best ratings. So let's get all those people out of the, out of there. Like I don't want to hear any of that. You're not a very a very good team when it comes to not getting penalized. It's been a problem for a long time. Yeah, and it would be one thing if it was just an aggressive defense. You know, you saw that a lot with the Legion of Boom. They played a physical style on the back end, particularly, and were kind of like daring refs. Like, you really going to throw a flag on all these things? I remember it was a very common thing. They just played a physical style, and obviously it was excellent for them. I think the Cowboys could get away with they would be fine if it was just, you know, some pass interference stuff, some holding, some things like that on, on defense here and there because they're playing aggressive style. But it goes beyond that. You're getting those, plus you're getting all of these offensive line penalties on top of it. And so, yeah, is this a crew that was going to call a lot of penalties? Absolutely. Mike McCarthy talked about it after the game that they knew that going in. Jerry Jones mentioned after the game that that was the, that they knew that going in, that the players that were talked to about it, like, hey, this is going to be one of these crews. Going to be like Thanksgiving against the Raiders. They call a lot. They call a lot of penalties against the Cowboys. This is the second time they've had a Cowboys game this year. Uh, the first time was the Vikings game, the one that Dak didn't play, and and uh, and Cooper Rush started. And obviously, uh, the Cowboys won that game in the final minute. Uh, so this is the second time they had the crew. But here's the deal: like you can't sit there and depend on officials because it's not like you're getting the same crew in the playoffs. Like officials are going to be a factor in all of it. You have to be able to play through that stuff. Were they a factor today? Were some of the calls a factor? Sure. It is not, they did not make, they're not the reason that the Cowboys lost this game. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest thing also is like looking at the officiating as a whole and saying, okay, the officials were bad today, but like you said, it goes against both teams. Um, you know, there, there, there's times where it was excessive calls and there were times there were no calls too. You talked about the missed, uh, delay of game at the end. I thought Demarcus Lawrence probably got held there back in the end zone when Kyler was rolling to his left. Like there's there's missed calls. There's times where they were probably a little too generous with the flag. But I, I just you know when 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 you boil it down to it, um, the offense, regardless of officiating, cannot put up 22 points. By the way, at home, like this that that's the other thing. This offense is much better at home generally, and Amari Cooper is better at home generally. And they were just kind of invisible, even though they had the uh, benefit of home field advantage. Yeah, and. By the way, like last year, the two teams that went to the Super Bowl were top 10 in the league and flags thrown against them, the Chiefs and the Bucks. Just because you're getting called for a lot of penalties doesn't mean you still can't go win the game. Uh, did it hurt you? It absolutely did. Now, on that same token, we could go to the end of the game and that fumble uh, by Eno Benjamin, which, you know, the Cowboys didn't have any timeouts left and the two-minute warning hadn't hit yet, so the Cowboys couldn't challenge it. 
as the refs ruled that he was down on the field. Watching the replay multiple times, I'm still torn. I don't think it was a clear fumble. I think you could argue that his hand was down, and I'm not real convinced that the refs would have overturned it, but it is something that maybe you know we could all have a gripe about. I know we all don't like the way that, that some of these uh, it's replay rules work. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that, John, and how kind of that went down? Yeah, I mean, you'd like it to be more like college football where like these plays are reviewed uh, more than just having to throw a flag, especially late in games like that, where it goes up. The booth is reviewing all of these plays because they matter so much, especially late in the game like that. So where someone can hey, buzz down and be like, we have to look at this again. Yeah. Now people will complain and say they don't make the games longer. That's one of the gripes that people have with the college football game that, you know, it's a longer game, four hour games, whatever. I honestly don't think that any NFL fan would have a problem with that. If it means getting calls right, particularly late in the season with winning teams that are uh, looking to move up in the playoffs and then certainly in playoff games. So for me personally, now, again, I, I saw, I think two replays on the big screen of it. I thought it was a fumble. Uh, and I thought it was clearly recovered by the Cowboys. Uh, but to your point, KT, they still have to review it. And that doesn't just because we saw it that way doesn't mean that they would have seen it that way. And I don't know. I just don't even think the game should have had to come down to that particular play. There are just yeah. so many others that were available to be made. Uh, and again, it's it really is the, the being at home uh, that it just I mean, these are the things. That, and, and hey, believe me, I understand Arizona's that's where they're the best is on the road. You know, it just it's hard for me to completely erase them losing up at Detroit and then them coming in here, ending this. I think they run a three game slide. Was it, or was that longer than three? Am I wrong on that? On the four. Cardinals? four games. Yeah. yeah. So ending that, obviously what we talked about in the preview podcast about how, Hey, this is kind of what Cliff Kingsbury teams do this time of year. There was just a lot of things going in the direction of the Cowboys that it was like, if they would just take it and, and, and really to be honest with you from the very beginning, because this isn't the first time we've seen this offense just sputter early on. You're just kind of like, how can you like put together a really good a drive to start a game? How come it just, it just always seems like they're kind of in mud at the beginning of the game, you know, and, and obviously early on, there was the, the Tyler Biotish false start. Uh, you know, there were a couple yeah. you know, other, you know, Tyron had a holding, uh, I'm trying to think who else did. I think maybe Lyle did as well. Like those are type of things that just killed those drives early where they never could even get out to get a lead to get, to get some momentum. I also say uh, another key play you know, was on the defenses that double move AJ green put on, uh, Trayvon Diggs early on. That was, that was kind of a little punch in the mouth. Like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to run this on you. And, and Trayvon bit on that. And that was a huge play early on. Obviously there was plenty of time to overcome it, but uh, early on, there were just a few, there was just a play here or there where they were key plays. And it just seemed like they always went the Cardinals way. Yeah. And also on that, on that play, like, you know, again, like you can talk about whether it should have been reviewed or, you know, whatever the case may be, the Cowboys couldn't obviously challenge, but uh, if you go back to why they couldn't challenge, I mean, I think Cliff Kingsbury kind of had a moment there where he outcoached Mike McCarthy um, that took away that timeout earlier in the game. If Cliff, if that doesn't happen, then you have a timeout in your pocket and you're able to challenge that call there. So I think there there's some residual effect. And I'm also kind of, John, I, I don't know if you can explain this uh, a little better, but the way that the officials review some of these things, if you remember, like, there was that fumble... That, it was like not ruled a fumble on the field in the first quarter against the Raiders. And it was like automatically reviewed upstairs without it even having to be challenged. And then the game just like went on and it wasn't in the last two minutes or anything. It was in the first quarter. Um, I, it was I ruled a turnover. Yeah, you're talking about the, the, the J-Run curse uh, save on the sideline? Yes. yes. Yeah. 
But yeah, they they changed. They decided to change their call on the field without asking anyone. Right, which and is so, like, very strange. Yeah, so I don't like. I'm kind of unclear as to just you know that wasn't within the two minute warning of either of either second or fourth quarter. So I don't know exactly how that works. But but regardless, I, I don't. It think It probably that depends that play, on the ruling on the field because it, that that play wasn't ruled a fumble. Everything I think changes if that play is ruled a fumble. And then again, probably the Cardinals yes. probably challenge it. But because nothing was called, I think that that is is an issue there. To be honest with you, you know this won't work against the Cowboys. If I remember correctly, that's probably what factored in in that 2014 playoff game when they beat the Lions on that pass interference where it was yeah. ruled one way on the field. And then all of a sudden they got together and they were like, it is not pass interference. And, and then obviously, you know, uh, move Detroit back again. So I think it has to do with what's being called in the field. And because it was never ruled a fumble, that'd be one thing if they, you know, there was something like that. I think that changes things. It's just, it's, it's so, it's so weird because you get used to, you watch college football on Saturday and all this stuff's reviewed. And then on Sunday, it's like, unless you challenge it, like nothing's getting reviewed. Well, yeah. And that, that Raiders game is a little different. That was the, the Sean Hockey League crew. And they, they clearly just bent the rules. Like that's yeah. what, like they just, but what these crews should be taught and they are taught, but they, it's just hard to follow through in the moment is to always rule it a turnover if there's right. any, ever any doubt because you give yourself the plan B of going to review it no matter what. And that's right. not what the call is. The call in the field was that he was down. And again, looking at that replay uh, on Fox in the moment, and I haven't gone back and looked at it like 50 times, but looking at it in the moment, I thought it was a fumble, but I did think that you could argue that his right hand was down. And if his right hand was down, then he's down before the ball came out. And I, th- I think it kind of was. So I you mean, mean his hand was down like out of bounds? No, no, no. He was in bounds. His, I, you know, Eno Benjamin's right hand, the ball was in his left hand. His right hand was forearm, down. Though. I don't think just your hand is down. I think you need, you need to have a forearm down for it to be down. Like your elbow. Yeah. Down. Right. I don't like think an elbow. Did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think, I think, but just a hand, you can hold yourself up and continue to run. Yeah. Well, his knee was so close to the ground because he kind of reset right, his right. knee almost like, you know, so it would have been close. And you're right. The Cardinals probably would have reviewed it. And maybe that yeah. does make a difference in the game. The point is you had all that time. You were down 22 to seven. Like the refs have nothing to do with Greg Zerline missing a, a field goal. Uh, the, the refs don't have anything to do with, quite frankly, your inability to run the ball, really to not even try running the ball that often. Dude, it's amazing. It took your defense getting a stop and them punting to get CeeDee Lamb involved in this game. And that's inexcusable. And I don't know who that's on. I think the Cowboys have to ask themselves a lot of questions about their offensive line, not only because of the penalties, not only because of their inability to run the ball today. You watch all those batted passes. Man, just a lot of pressure in Dak's face. Yeah. You know, for a good portion of the game. And Well, what about Amari Cooper? Kind of seen that a little too much this year. Right. But what, I mean, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. What about Amari Cooper? I mean, we come off of that game yeah. where he gets all these targets. In this game, he gets seven targets, makes three catches for 18 yeah. yards. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, I just, I don't think that there should ever be a game that Amari Cooper only has 18 yards. I really don't think that there should be a game where Amari Cooper has under 60 yards, to be honest with you. And there's just, we've seen that too much this season. We're just like, this is a, a bonafide number one wide receiver. And the production just hasn't been there this year. And, 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 I guess foolishly, I kind of thought that it was kind of headed in the right direction after that Washington game, but you also got to factor in the teams that they're playing when they're do- when they're getting the stuff back on track, and they're not going to face any of, any of those teams anymore. Every team they're going to face from here on out is better than any of those teams that they beat during that four game winning streak. 
Yeah, and by the way, Amari Cooper, the most targeted receiver on the day today. I mean, Dalton Schultz had 10 targets uh, as a tight end, but out of all the wide receivers, his seven targets were the most targets. So it's not as if Dak wasn't looking his way. Just the passes weren't getting completed. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You guys want to get into Greg Zerline or are you good with that? No, I think we probably should. I think we should. I mean, so, the okay, the missed field goal in the, in the first half, that's one thing, right? Okay. Let's go to the extra point real quick because it's twenty two thirteen. The Cowboys score the touchdown to uh, was it the one to Cedric Wilson, I believe. Uh, so it's twenty two to thirteen, and they were going to go for two, and they end up getting a delay of game penalty, and they were going to go for two down by nine, which is kind of a uh, for some people might seem like an edgy decision, but really I think I think it's it's interesting because you kind of give yourself. You know, there's about 12 to 14 minutes left in the game at that time. So you kind of know, do I need nine points or do I need seven? And analytics is all based on going for the win, not going for the tie. Well, they get the delay of game, they get pushed back anyway, and it doesn't matter. They end up going for the extra point. And before that extra point was kicked, I was thinking, man, if he misses this and they were going to go for two and get a delay of game, that's going to look so bad. And boy, he barely edged that extra point in there to get 22-14. But yeah, no, they, they don't have what I would call a reliable kicker. So right. that's a problem. That's you play scary. A league where games are close, you know. And by the way, he he looked. It looked a lot worse when Matt Prater's out there, literally slicing the field goal post down the middle with every single kick that he was kicking. 
That's because he was hitting those smelling salts so hard. (laughs) Yeah, Prater had a bad game against the Colts, you know, uh, last week, and Ryan Suckup with the Bucks has had a bad game. Yeah, I I get that. I get all that stuff. Packers have had problems with Mason Crosby. Uh, You know, Matt Gay for the Rams has been pretty good this year. Like, it's not like every like there's like there there are. It's like Justin Tucker and like name name a couple others that like you gotta have them. Like Daniel Carlson's pretty good kicker, right? But like. Other than that, and what's the flip going, side, KAT? What's the flip side? Like, are you going to go? Is there somebody on the on the streets right now that you're going to trust more than that going into the playoffs? You're just bringing this guy in. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, whoever they're going to bring at this point, you're not going to feel that much more confident than you do in Greg Zerline right now. Just kind of where they're at. If they were going to pull the trigger, they needed to do it months ago. Now, if you want to talk about drafting a guy in the fifth round next year, I, I, well, I can there get you down go. with that. I can oh, get down certainly. with that, but but that's a. That's a whole other. That's a whole other discussion. We probably won't get into tonight. I I, I want to say this. We, we should talk about the Michael Gallup touchdown. So Michael Gallup, it's a, now been reported that he is going to be out for the year. Torn ACL. Yeah, Jer- so so what Jerry said is is he's the one that put the information out there, and Jerry said he's out for the year, but then he wanted to add that you know an ACL, but you know an MRI still pending. But I feel pretty confident in what he said, and in, in the fact of two things that that go along with that. Uh, one is the immediate reaction of the players around Michael Gallup when he was on the ground uh, was yeah. pretty significant. So, and they, he had told them that he heard it pop when he was in the air. So that's never, those aren't good signs. And then this is this one right here is when I knew it probably wasn't great. The Cowboys in the press box announced that he was out for the rest of the game within maybe 10 minutes of him leaving the medical tent. And that's almost never happens. It's, it's usually like questionable. Like I've even seen like some head to head stuff where you're just like, well, yeah, he's obviously out for the rest. And they'll say questionable to return. It's very common that almost always say questionable return. And when they said he was out for the game, I was like, oh, that's not a good sign either. So technically, yes, there's still an MRI after, but uh, from what that they, what they saw on the initial uh, examination, obviously, you know, not good for uh, the team's number three receiver heading into free agency on top of that. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot to think about about his future, man. It, it's it's so, I mean, it's a, I compare it to the Godwin injury a lot, which yeah, is interesting because sure. he's been he's been compared to Michael uh, to Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay a lot. But I mean, what a big hit to to them and their playoff chances. I mean, it, like we're we're still kind of sulking in the disappointment of today's loss. But it, the truth is, this team is going to the playoffs, and they are going to host a, a playoff game in two weeks, and we're going to get up for that game. And man, I mean, it's great that you have Cedric Wilson on your team, who's proven to be a very nice, you know, utility wide receiver. But Michael Gallup was going to go cash in. You know, maybe, maybe the Cowboys give him some money. I mean, so it's probably a longer discussion down the road, but maybe they give him some money to come back on a one year prove it deal type thing. And uh, I think it is important. He's not going to be ready point. when the season starts next year, you know? Sure. But we also need to point out that it's not like there are Cowboys the only team dealing with this. Uh, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins isn't going to be back anytime. I just saw him after the game. He's still on crutches. I don't know how he's going to be back for if he is at all. I don't think it would be before the NFC Championship game, if that. Uh, you mentioned Godwin, uh, Woods for, for uh, Robert Woods for the Rams. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of teams are dealing with similar type situations that obviously it's not ideal. But if you go down the entire Cowboys roster, if you were going to lose somebody at a position, wide receiver has to be their deepest position. It's just, we don't think of it that way because the offense is struggled for the better part of the last two months. Yeah. But also remember this offense, which is the quote unquote, number one offense in the NFL really built up a lot of that padding in the stats without Michael Gallup in the lineup earlier in the True. season anyway. So, uh, well, I, and Cedric I'm not, Wilson's a good player. 
Right, and I and I'm not yes. taking I'm not saying that as a shot at Michael Gallup at all, but right. that that's just kind of the reality. Like the, we've seen them be able to do this before, and I think they can. And and, and as far as like his future, you know, we like John. We we're just talking about Amari Cooper and the way. Look, Amari Cooper's contract is out here. I think that's that. If Amari doesn't start to show up more regularly, that might be more of a discussion of between Amari and Gallup. Which guy are you going to try to bring back? in 2022 but that's again probably for another day well hey since we kind of be a negative let me throw out one positive here real quick and you guys can shoot me down if you want but i just was thinking of this as i was walking the locker room mm-hmm. i think that this actually could be a good thing for the cowboys <laughs> all right and this okay. is why I, this is why i say that they win this game they win in philadelphia who's to say that they don't play philadelphia in the first round so you have to beat philadelphia back-to-back weeks i don't love that is the Cowboys team better in Philadelphia? To me, no question. Especially in AT&T Stadium, we'd love that matchup. But there's something about division rivals, that a team that's trending in the right direction in Philly. Jalen Hurts could have like this best game of his career type thing where he's running all over the place. I don't like the idea of having to beat the Eagles in back-to-back weeks. Now they're in a situation where they could open the, open the playoffs against the Cardinals in the 4-5 matchup, depending. I mean, there's still a lot of things that have to happen. I, I, I really like the Cowboys facing this Cardinals team again. I, I really do. Like, I understand that it didn't go well in this game. Things went against them. But I think they're pissed off enough off of this game. There will be enough of a, a revenge-type factor. The little things like that, that that will be extra motivation as opposed to hosting the Eagles after you just beat them twice during the regular season and then getting them again. And, yes, you'll be favored in that game, and, and you probably should win that game. But there's just something about a division rival playing this scenario. And I know the Cowboys have done this before. I think it was in 2007 or, or seven or nine where they beat the Eagles at the end of the season and then again in the playoffs. That's fine. These are different times. I, I just – I didn't love that matchup. What do you guys yeah. think about that? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of – I do kind of agree with that. Although, yeah, the Dallas has done that before. But um, I, I think one other thing with playing the Cardinals again, and KT, you'll yeah, – you'll appreciate this is I think we're really going to get to uh, get to see how good this coaching staff really is because they got out coached today and if you're going to go up against the same team Arizona for a second time a good coaching staff makes the proper adjustments and comes back with a, with a better game plan and with better uh, with whatever the case may be offensively and defensively but um, but yeah I mean I, I don't know I think I'd still rather see the Eagles a third time than Arizona a second time um but I don't think the uh, I don't think it's that wild of a proclamation by you, John. Uh, I don't think it's terribly wild, but I do disagree. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to try not to kill like the thought because I just man, I would take I would take on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles a uh, hundred times. Now the Forty Nine or something may, may have a little different story, especially if they get Jimmy G back. Uh, I mean, Trey Lance did enough to beat Houston today. And sure. Jimmy G's not a world beater or anything, but they're a better team because they can run the ball and they're a physical team, you know, and things like that. Can I throw in one I, other I, reason I, about this? Well, well, I guess what I'll say is, like, now home field's out the window. The Packers are beating Minnesota 20 sure. to nothing at halftime as we record this. Home field's that out the window. That was probably going to be the case anyway. Do you even care at 2, 3, and 4? Do you even care at this point who you play? Because if you don't, I might I might just go ahead and sit everyone next week. And I know we want to get positive momentum and all that stuff, but as you've said a million times, John, it's the, the healthiest team. Well, let's get everyone healthy. All right, let's get Zeke fresh and let's get Tony Pollard fresh and let's just ha- have everyone as good to go as possible. I almost don't care. Uh, now, I guess I would prefer not to play the Cardinals or the Rams 
in a four five situation. Uh, and that's who it would be if you're the four. But I, I almost, I'm almost at the point of, I don't care anymore. And I think I would just, I might just take next week off to be honest with you. One other thing I was going to add in there, and I know this goes against what we were talking about earlier with the officiating, but if you play the Cardinals again, you also have a different officiating crew, most likely. Yeah. So who knows how the game's called differently. There could be different things to it. Again, I'm just saying like, if you're the Cardinals, it's also difficult to have to come in this building twice in three weeks and, and beat this team. You can say whatever you want and however down you're feeling about the Cowboys. If you look at it from the other side, I don't know that the Cardinals want to just come right back in here and think that they're just going to beat the Cowboys for a second time in three weeks at AT&T Stadium. They can think that, and, and that's and, and it could happen. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm, I'm just saying there are things that would trend in the Cowboys' favor if that was that matchup happens again. And and for the record, I, I would, after watching the game today, and on top of watching Matt Stafford play like Lions Stafford today, I still Dude. would much rather play the Cardinals than the Rams. He's been the Lions Stafford the last month and a half. Yeah, like, I don't. I wouldn't say every week, but he's definitely had several games that were like that. But I, but I still, he's he. That team scares me more than the Cardinals do. Without DeAndre Hopkins, I'm saying. I agree. No, I agree. Um, I, I just what they'll say is Kyler. Like watching Kyler all year, and obviously things have changed a little bit for Kyler once he hurt his ankle. But like, there was never a time today when I thought Kyler was dictating how the game was going because he could go win with his legs. Now, no, the best thing he did got, is he didn't throw any any interceptable passes. And yeah, uh, and and the stuff he did with well, his legs. One, the J run curse in the end zone. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. But he also with his legs, um, he never gave this pass rush a chance to like really build some momentum. Winning. I mean, you look at the Dorrance Armstrong sack that he that he did get on it. That was a huge momentum play, and that's something yeah. that this team this team builds off of is those big plays. And because of Kyler's mobility, it did it did reduce the chances of the big Micah Parsons, maybe like sack fumble, the big Demarcus Lawrence. You know what? Okay. I just talked myself into it. Maybe you would rather play Stafford than Kyler Murray. Cause I can see all the, I could see all those guys getting big hits on Stafford. I could too. I could, but the Rams have not been, they're not, a t- I just don't think they're poised for any type of deep run. I'm not right, worried well, about the all right, Rams. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We're going to talk this out then. But aren't you also a little bit more nervous about Sean facing Sean McVay than Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, I am. Yeah, so you know. But then again, you're also getting Vance Joseph, who today I I saw him down there having the time of his life. Of his life, (laughs) of his life. Which is what's so frustrating is the Cowboys in the first half of this year, their offense dictated how the defenses played them. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. they're like, okay, we're gonna choose who we're gonna double. Maybe we'll double Amari Cooper, or maybe we'll have a little extra attention on Ceedee Lamb, but we also gonna stop the run. And it's not that way anymore. It's now yeah. defenses are dictating how they play the Cowboys. And yeah, the Cowboys but that's, are having to adjust to that, and it's it's just – it's tough. Yeah, but that late touchdown drive they had, and, and you know, it, it kind of sucks that you have to resort to Cedric Wilson throwing the ball to really get a, <laughs> get, to get a, really get a positive chunk play going. But It was nice. But, but it, it was nice, but I'm just saying, like, this offense, when it does get grooving and when it does click, like, they still have it, and so – I'm not like, you you know, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think they're broken. I just think it's, I just think they're not consistent enough. And they're, and sometimes they're just getting in their own way, way too much. I, I, you know, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And I, I, I don't know how that, how that gets fixed. Cause McCarthy's spoken about how they do coach penalties and Parcells. I remember had the famous quote about how they don't coach penalties. You know, McCarthy said that they do coach penalties. I, I don't know what can change here. And 
it, 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 at some point, it's not an officiating thing when you lead the league again, lead the league in penalties. Like you're the defensive it's, it's backs. You. The defensive backs would tell you that it is difficult to week for week, week to week, change how you're going to play on that back end. And and the reason being because, especially now as we're getting into this portion of the season, we're playing good teams every week. Like. Th- yep. those receivers are so good that it's, you can't just, this isn't like peewee or, or high school where you're like, well, I'm the better player. I can adjust some things and I'll still be right with the guy. You, you make a small adjustment against even like Christian Kirk or AJ green or anybody that they're going to see against, you know, the Rams or, or Devonte Adams or, you know, whoever they're going to see in the playoffs. Like that's the difference between a big play and yeah. not a big play. It's hard to just switch up from week to week, how I'm going to play as a defensive back. Yeah, but John, we coach penalties around okay, here. Okay, okay. I mean, I, that's fair. Well, what's the answer? I mean, I, it's tough. Well, it's these the refs are there. Like that's happened in this league since the league started. There's been referees. Like I, I have a hard time having the referee conversation because every team gets screwed by the refs. It's all yeah. like it happens. It happened in the damn Super Bowl last year. Like, yeah, I don't know what to say at some point. Yeah, stop also, committing penalties. How about that? That's the yeah. only answer, and it's it 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 shouldn't. I, I wish I I wish I had the answers. I don't. It's wasted energy getting mad. And I don't. I, I it just frustrates me seeing players even have comments like, "Oh, well, we were playing another team. We were playing the refs out there." Oh yeah, too. there was a lot of that uh, this game. I don't know, man. It was twenty. I thought it was twenty-two-seven entering the fourth quarter. It sounded like y'all weren't good enough, uh, and that's Mike where McCarthy I kind of end up. McCarthy talked like that after the game too. So yeah, no, you're right. Oh, good luck getting him to be accountable about something after a loss. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what to say. And and this hey. is where I get like, hey, end of the year, you're trying to piece crap together, and this thing's a little a, a bit of, a bit of a struggle bus. It does tell you just how bad that that Washington team was last week. Because oh, now yeah. it does look like a fluke, doesn't it? It, yeah. I mean, it all well, it took I mean, one, one like, all it took was really like one half a football to go. Well, last week was a joke. Yeah, but we we could have saw it coming. I mean, this happened earlier in the year with the Falcons game too. So I mean, it's not like the first time they went out in the middle of a in the middle of a bad slump and just kind of dominated a subpar opponent. But going back to the secondary real quick. I think another thing that we saw today was like, with all due respect to Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown overachieving and all this stuff, the secondary is not as is not very good. They need that pass rush to get home right. yeah. a lot more. They can't just hold up on their own. If you, I think it was Christian Kirk where Kyler had that ball where he was just sitting all day back there in the pocket and yep. threw that deep left to Christian Kirk. I mean, if this secondary is fine, like you can win with them. But they have to be the second act to the pass rush. If the pass rush isn't getting home, the secondary is going to get exposed. Oh, and, and KT, with you mentioned the Super Bowl, I'll also add in there, it's never a good sign when anybody makes a big catch off of their helmet or anybody's helmet. Dude. And that was, such a, that was such a big play. I know it's still early in the game, but when you see that happen, you're like, oh, that's not a good sign. I think that actually kind of ping-pongs off of Saad's point about the secondary because, like – you know, you've got your your main three guys, and Kelvin Joseph gets some snaps or whatever. You know, that was Nashawn Wright. Nashawn Wright had no clue where the ball was. No, you know? well, I don't think he was long, expecting that play, but he wasn't expecting that play, and and no one was. You know, uh, and and then the other there was another play where Donovan Wilson got caught in one on one. I think it was Ertz, uh, and Donovan Wilson got flagged, and I was like, man, there's just no nuance to Donovan Wilson's game. It is fly right. down and hit you. 
<laughs> which, hey, which is fun to, to watch. Like covering a guy one-on-one. Yeah, no, that's fun. But when it's cover a guy, turn your head and play the football, that's not a good spot for him to be in, and that's going to amount to a penalty, or it's going to amount to a play where you're giving up some yards. So, like, that, that's it. I do want to say this. The quarterback needs to be better, though. I mean, and, and we can talk yep. about how much pressure was getting oh, in his face. I like face this. Let's, let's stay on this topic. Well, the, the quarterback needs to be better. He needs to be more accurate. And he and the fumble, I, I, we got to put it in there. Yep. I mean, how many times have we talked about ball security after a loss with him? Yeah. Uh, a lot. 11 fumbles this year. I mean, that's a yeah. lot, dude. I mean, well, that's that's 11 fumbles because also because Tyler, Tyler Biotis is his center, so that factors into his 11 fumbles too, but go on. Yeah, no, okay, I'll, I'll give you it's, that. It you know, gets, and, hey, and by the way, Kyle, Kyler Murray – and Kyler Murray leads the league in fumbles with 13 of them. Well, right? he has the worst but, ball security I've ever seen. But anyway, yeah, not surprising. <laughs> that dude's always running with the ball out. Like, he'll be like 15 yards down the field. You're like, well, you couldn't possibly throw it now. It would be a penalty. Why are you holding the ball like that? He always does that. But anyway. But yeah, can't happen. Kind of like C.D. Lamb on that punt return. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, now that, now that was playing with fire, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, but gracious. I'm glad you brought up the quarterback thing. I will say from the post game. Uh, I found the most interesting thing today was when Dak was specifically asked uh, about Buddha Baker's comments after the game. Now I didn't hear what Buddha said specifically, but he was told Dak was told that Buddha said the way that you cause problems for Dak Prescott is you constantly are disguising things, moving players around. If he, if Dak Prescott knows what you're doing on, on the back end of the defense and, and can sit there and dissect it, that's when he's going to have a big day. Uh, but if you disguise things, bring different blitzes, move guys around. They brought some DB stuff where they batted down some passes, even when they didn't get home. And you are constantly keeping him guessing on what's going to be happening. That's when you're the best against Dak. And so that's one thing for Buda Baker to say. You'd be like, hey, it's after a win. Of course, you know, players are going to say stuff. What was the most interesting about it was Dak's response because Dak said that, well, first of all, he wasn't defensive about it at all. And he said that he has to do a better job but he's also noticed on film that more defenses do that to him than when he's studying the film of those defenses against other quarterbacks. So clearly it's something in the league that they see that they're like, Hey, you know, and it, it probably goes back to Denver of like, Hey, we did this and it, and it kind of confused them. A bit. And so other teams are seeing that on film and then they're implementing it. And Dak took complete ownership of it and was like, yeah, I, I noticed that on, on film. I have to be better in those situations. So it is something that, you know, it seems like other teams are trying to do and it's something that they have to adjust to because obviously if you don't adjust to that, that's exactly what you're going to see in the playoffs against better competition. Yeah. And, and, you know, John, that's a good point. And I, and I'm glad Dak wasn't super defensive about it, but, I, but I will say this is the first year that he's playing you know, obviously he got hurt early last year. This is the first year he's playing without Travis Frederick. And I think Travis Frederick was so smart and so good at the line of scrimmage with a lot of the blitz pickups and where, like you know, where the defensive front is going, and really dissect, like uh, diagnosing a lot of those, uh, a lot of those, a lot of those things, and I think, and, and that's not anything against, uh, it's not anything like you know, super the, something Dak can't correct, but I do no, no, think you're right. that, yeah, yeah, I think, I think you probably start leaning on the fact that like you have a guy in Travis Frederick who's able to do all that, and now all of a sudden Dak has to either rely on Biotis to do it or do it himself. And I think it's a bit of a learning curve after you went your first four full seasons at a, in the NFL with that kind of a crutch. 
And well, there's one other part. Hold on. I just want to add this in there. There's one other part, though, that's also different about this year. In, in this is Dak's sixth season. And without question, it's the worst running game he's had. And so when you don't have that extra defender always having to come up in the box, that changes the way that you're going to play offensively, too, because you're so used to 16, 17, 18, 19, even last year, that you always had to account for Zeke and the running game. And teams aren't doing that as much as they have in the past. That's why you see them playing more too high against them. And that's this is the first year where he's seeing a lot of that because you had to honor the Cowboys run yeah. game in the past. And you don't really have to honor it now. Like you can you can get it done with even even numbers in the box, even uneven numbers and being a, a man down. It seems to be fine. Teams are able to stop this run and that can't happen. This offense to, to reach its peak. You, teams have to be scared of this running game. And they're just not right now. It sure felt like there was a lot of, especially in the second half of a lot of, you know, play action fakes and things like that. And I'm, I was going, dude, they've ran the ball like under 10 times. The, the yep. Cardinals aren't going to bite on these play action fakes right yep. now. It's not sucking anyone in. Um, you know, it's, it's, well, I guess what I was to say is like they, as a, as a organization, graded Connor Williams and Connor McGovern better than Tyler Biotish. We know this because they're in the preseason, they were experimenting with those guys at center. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad strategy for them to really have a good heart-to-heart internally uh, if they want to move on with Tyler Biotish as their starting center. If they wanted to draft a center with a premium pick or or with, with a top, maybe not first round, but like a second, third, or fourth round where you can get a guy that might be an improvement over him, I would be all on board for that because I do think there's where a lot of the pressure is happening is in the middle, and you, you can kind of see it. Uh, DeMarcus Lawrence about... 13 minutes ago, as we do this uh, on Sunday night, John is live at AT&T Stadium. DeMarcus Lawrence posted a picture of him basically on top of Chase Edmonds, punching the ball out, and it's a still shot of the ball is out, and you can see Edmonds' hand is on the field. Uh, His wrist is down on the ground, but his forearm and elbow are not, and the ball is out. So there's what you need right there. You need players to tweet about it right there. And that's definitely going to fix things. Um, I, oh, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 that's not, that's not necessarily the case at all. What that does a lot of times is it makes things worse. You know, yeah. I've heard multiple, I've heard multiple coaches talk about how, you know, you go into a game uh, knowing what a specific uh, officiating staff calls. And so you try and talk to them about things and you, let's say you'll say, Hey, watch out for 55. He, he, he lets the lineup off sides and things like that. And then, and within the first series of the game, that that officiating crew calls one of your guys for lining up offsides. Like basically, hey, don't try and do my job for me. So you can also that can also backfire on you and cause more problems for you when when you do things like that, or or when you're critical of the refs after the game, which this team obviously was. Man, I saw it. I saw that, that what you had, uh, had tweeted out from October 9th, twenty nineteen. <laughs> that piece about Dak and Travis is that's really excellent. Yeah, that's a good point that we probably didn't, haven't. And talked about enough. No, in the end, they got to clean things up, right? You're going to hear yeah, because let's be silly. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, do we need ten perfect players to have success? No. Like, I mean, my God, like, okay, you need- yeah, so you're a little bit weaker at center. Yeah, you have like all pros on the offensive line. You have the arguably the best receiving core, which obviously took a hit with Michael Gallup today. You have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Like Dalton Schultz has is played exceeded expectations. Like. You're not going to be perfect at, at all 11 spots. Like, you know, there's some overcoming that happens with this. I mean, 
most of the teams that have success and win a Super Bowl, it's a war of attrition and you have to overcome losing guys and things like that. So yeah, the center is not what the previous center is, but there's still a ton of good players on this offense that like, if one guy isn't as good as it was in the glory days, you should still be able to overcome that. Yeah. And by the way, just, just to correct something, obviously this is Dak's second full season playing without Travis because he played with Joe Looney in 2019, obviously when Travis was going through all that the year before he retired. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, still like to John's point, there's still plenty of uh, talent there on the offensive line, but, um, but yeah, you know, KT, you mentioned that thing that I just retweeted. If you go look at just the way they talk about the way they like the way they talk about Travis Frederick being the second quarterback out there, um, you know, to Dak's comments that John brought up uh, in response to Buda Baker, I think that's something that probably factors in a little bit. I'll say something else about like, um, I, I get it. Like Cowboys fans, after a loss, you might be mad mad at the referees. I understand some of that. I also think that like Micah Parsons will almost like he's going to draw his fair share of holding calls. I think there are times when both Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory won't get a holding call because they don't touch the offensive lineman. Like they're so fast around the edge that the offensive lineman can't even grab them. And that might stop you from getting a holding call. In the end, you're going to hear all week McCarthy say things like, we've got to clean things up. That's that's true. Obviously, their defense, they win when they get turnovers. They uh, It feels like they lose games and they don't get turnovers. How, how do you clean things up? By not turning the ball over? Okay. Let's, uh, that's kind of on Dak, but that's on everyone there. And cleaning up penalties. If you take away those things, maybe knock in an extra uh, field goal from 47 yards. If you take away those things, put all those in the equation, maybe you win today, you know? So, I mean, it's not some, like, end-all, be-all, and I've lost any type of, like, expectation of trying to make Cowboys fans feel better after we do these podcasts on nights where they lose. Like, next early, uh, once we get to the midweek, and we'll take a look at Week 18 with the Eagles and how they want to approach that and what the playoff scenarios are, we can get uh, get into all that stuff. But I know for me, when I'm looking at it, I'm kind of like, it's still there. It's still in front of you. It just, the the underlying factor, I think, John, you mentioned it earlier, the thing that really stands out is this happened to you at your own house where you had dominated pretty much everyone all year, you know, except for that Raiders game that was kind of weird. But, like, that's that's where it really kind of stings more than anything is just, like, letting that happen to you in Arlington. And, and, and it's no shot at the fans. I mean, that's certainly one of the things over the years that people will talk about is, like, hey, you know, AT&T Stadium, not the greatest of home environments. You know, Mick McCarthy said earlier in the week, he was like, I'm being honest. Like, I didn't worry about going to AT&T Stadium when I was coaching the Packers. And and most of the people that responded to my tweet about that said, yeah, he's not lying. He's right, you know. And, but I that don't really believe been... that anymore, do you? Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say today was great. It was great against Washington. The only time this year where I was like, man, that that's embarrassing was the Denver game. Like, because. There was just, I mean, there were probably just as many Denver fans and you could just tell it was like a noon game. Most Cowboys fans sold their tickets to that game. That was the only time this year where I was like, yeah, the crowd wasn't what it should be for a team that's a playoff team and and, and a contender. Um, but other than that, oh, I mean, I thought they were outstanding today. Just, they, didn't, they weren't given enough opportunities to really get to the game. But when they needed to, uh, they were certainly loud. And, and I, I felt, I, I thought they were outstanding during that last possession that the Cardinals had. I mean, I was surprised the Cardinals were able to kind of maneuver and get down the field as easily as they did on that, on that responding drive. I just, I did not think that that yeah. was going to happen after the Cowboys scored on the Mari Cooper touchdown. They got the two point conversion. All momentum was on their side. This place was rocking. Like you could even have given up like one or two first downs because with the timeouts they had, you were still fully in this thing. 
And, and the fact that, that they couldn't go off the field there, it just it, it's just very disappointing. Well, that's when they put Kyler kind of, you know, let's finally said, okay, let's kind of unleash him a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, and that uh, is the scary thing that you where, face in the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, no, the, like the fourth quarter, you know, it's the thing we talked about, Russell Wilson. I'll be honest, I stuff. thought we were going to see a little bit more of Dak doing that today than, than we did. Yeah, it's just, it's different and it's not, it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't look like a fully committed Dak Prescott when he's running downhill. Yeah, yeah To me, I, sure. just, I don't see that. And I, I guess understandably so in a way, but I feel like it might make a little bit of a difference. I mean, there was a play where Micah Parsons was lined up at uh, left defensive end um, and then Kyler just took the snap and he ran it the other direction. It's like, they almost like, they identified where Parsons was and they're like, okay, we're going to run away from you. And, you know, obviously the two option plays, you know, that's tough to defend right there late in the game when you need to stop. And then when it comes down to it, I think we should talk about the field goal uh, where McCarthy had to take a timeout. Yeah. It was fourth and five and Cliff yeah. was lining up to go for it. And I, I certainly thought that they were going to just take the delay of game and then kick it. Uh, but maybe they go for it on fourth and five. So maybe you have no. to take the timeout there. I don't really no. know. No, Cliff Kingsbury said after the game that the whole plan the entire time was to have Dallas burn the timeout. So, uh, but what, he, if they, what if they don't though? What if they don't call the timeout? You throw a touchdown pass to Matt Prater. Well, no, <laughs> what, what if they? What if they? Uh, they scramble and and uh, they find they get enough like you don't get the ball snapped in time. Yeah, I think you no. take the delay game. Obviously. Yeah, there you go. You know Prater's good from seventy eight. So. Yeah, except for that one week. Uh, <laughs> Uh, more so, often than yeah. not, though, I'll ride with that dude. When you look across the league at kickers, there's not many I would take over Matt Prater. You know, and that that play. No, I'm with you, dude. Uh, and that play was after, especially the, when, hey, especially when your home games are inside. Sorry, going. You know what's uh, that play was after the third and five, which we talked about earlier, where Kyler just kind of threw it up, uh, and it was Diggs and Curse covering Zach Ertz, and Curse almost intercepted it right there. So did the Cowboys not get their defense on the field because they were? You know, kind of jumping around and celebrating, or did they just not make a full? Like, what ha- what happened there? I honestly can't. I I honestly don't remember. Uh, I'm not like trying to. Well, I guess I am because you want to find out why it happened. And, and I don't honestly, know. I, it I don't know that you'd be, again, but, you wouldn't be second guessing it as much if that fumble doesn't happen because there would have been no reason to sit there and go. Ah, if you only had more timeout, you could have changed this play. Like, you know, you also could have saved and not called the timeout a little bit earlier. Who says that? You know, maybe it's on the play after that that was a fumble yeah. and then after you called another time I like it just it's it's looking back on it and it's hypotheticals because you're going to sit there and, and second guess what happened because there was a fumble if there's no fumble there and Arizona just keeps moving the fault the ball down the field like they probably were going to because your defense wasn't stopping them clearly late uh with Kyler running all over the place no one would even be talking about that right now yeah and that, that last drive by the way not a single third down for the Cardinals they they started yeah. with with just under five minutes left in the game and they ran out the clock they, the only third down they had was the last QB kneel. They had no third downs before that. Bummer. Yeah, and it's Bummer. probably difficult these for the for the pass rush to adjust to playing to him because this pass rush is very aggressive. They like to get sacks. They know that they can get sacks because you have to deal with so many different rushers. And really, the, the, the stopping Kyler is not really to sack him because you're not going to get that many opportunities. It's to get him to do what we saw on several occasions today. And that's when he goes to scramble and he looks to run, but then all of a sudden you have another guy come up and then he just throws it into, into the, the, the first row of the stands. And he did that a, a decent amount. So he's not getting the sack. 
But those are the type of plays that kind of neutralize him because you have the guys there that even if he decides to run, it's not going to be a big run. Uh, it's when you sell out to try and sack him, and then all of a sudden it opens up these running lanes, and, and he's obviously a handful in the open field. John, you're obviously in the media scrum with Jerry Jones. We'll uh, throw to that here in a second. Before we do that, we'd like to get uh, your closing thoughts uh, as you're live at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised with how they played. I, I just thought that they would build off of this four-game winning streak and, and keep it rolling, and I just didn't think that the Cardinals were going to play as well as they did. I just, you know, again, I, I maybe I overrate uh, when someone goes up to Detroit and loses there, particularly this season. Uh, but I just did not think that the way that they've been playing recently, that they were going to be uh, a team to be the Cowboys. That's why I picked the Cowboys to win by two touchdowns. And, uh, and, and, and another thing was just seeing that the Vegas line go from two and a half, six and a half throughout the week. Uh, I felt like Vegas was probably had some good info on some guys that weren't playing like a James Conn or something like that. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't think that the Cowboys should have lost this game. The Cowboys playing at home with how healthy they were. Uh, I, I think the Cowboys should have, should have won this game and they should have been the ones late running out the clock. Uh, and, uh, it's just, it's, yeah, it's a disappointing game, especially with the playoffs this close. Uh, it, it's certainly not what you want. What about you, Saad? Yeah, I think, I, I think the fact that this came at home, it just makes it even more, just even that more of a, you know, shot just because, at home, that's that's kind of been where they've been their at at their best, and for them not to be able to do that, and then also, you know, coming off that Washington game, like what like what was the big cliche that was like that that was you know being just screamed all over the place? It was all three phases, and I think all three phases today had uh, a lot le- le- left to give, uh, especially the offense. Obviously, the missed field goal. Talk about the curse drop interception. Again, I'm not holding the defense too hard to account on this one, but uh, but I do think that there was a lot that uh, that in all three phases that didn't go as well as they could have. In the uh, middle of the week, we'll be back with another edition, getting you ready for Week 18 against the Eagles. We'll cross the bridge on some health issues for the Cowboys. We'll cross the bridge on their uh, likely playoff matchup and some of the uh, playoff possibilities based on the outcome of that game and some of the other games in Week 18 as well. And uh, we'll go from there. For Father John Mashoda, who is live at AT&T Stadium, for Saad Youssef and our producer Kent Garrison, we'll now throw it to Jerry Jones. And uh, John got some audio from the media scrum there at AT&T Stadium, and that's how we'll close this episode with Jerry. We'll talk to you next week on About Them Cowboys. They were well prepared, uh, really uh, uh, have uh, uh, their coach and, and their staff were outstanding. And uh, they did a great job of, uh, of uh, basically uh, uh, attacking us in our fronts. They compromised uh, uh, early uh, what we were trying to do to protect that, compromised that, compromised our ability to run. We went in with obviously run the ball. Uh, we got out of that, uh, had to get out of that pretty quick. So they just played an overall game. That is the type of team. They will be playing and very likely could play us. That's the type of team that we'll be playing every time we line up in the playoffs. Jerry, how much disappointment on the fumble? Because if officials rule that a fumble, then they automatically review You've got to have some timeouts left. But if they rule it a fumble, it's automatically reviewed. Well, they didn't rule it a fumble. That's why you uh, save a timeout if you can. But, of course, we were trying.
trying to keep something left on that clock to uh, uh, to get to get it done. But that's the risk you take. You could need it when you use it. But uh, I'm 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 not uh, that. I'm, I wish we had had it left to use. Could have made a big difference, uh, obviously. But in general, uh, their their physicalness. Their defensive lines, physicalness uh, with our offense was a, a big, uh, in my mind, uh, thing out there. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, the good news is, is uh, we play a game like this, uh, you see what it's going to be like. Every play is going to be like, every play is a playoff play. And uh, we were playing like that out there. It was a very intense game. And there boy, our guys uh, fought all the way back, came back, had plenty of fight, uh, as we, you would expect at the end. Uh, very disappointing. Uh, but uh, uh, the positive is that's the kind of game that will prepare you for the playoffs right there. Do you have any, shake any confidence in what you guys can be? Well, I'm not. And uh, I don't see uh, – I saw nothing about the way that uh, individual play or team play that would shake your confidence. Uh, I saw what can happen to you when you play a playoff team and uh, they're making some good things happen. We knew all along that uh, what we were dealing with and the quarterback, we knew uh, uh, what we were dealing with relative to the challenges on our uh, with our offense. We expect them to be up. They, there were no surprises but, out there at all. But penalties, a lot of them came on third down, real toxic one. What did you make of that? We expected those penalties on my, just to show you what I read right before we kick off, what I read was major concern. Uh, this group calls a lot of ticky-tack. They call a lot of penalties, and that's going to be a concern for us today. And, of course, uh, some of those plays that would have uh, made us not look like physically we uh, were uh, struggling. Uh, some of those would have looked a lot better if we could have kept some of those uh, uh, third down, or some of those, not third down plays, but some of those who got called back. That that probably has a big impact on how this thing looked. But it looked, uh, uh, was, was a tough physical game. Their, their defense was very physical. Uh, you, we saw it throughout the game, and uh, we, uh, uh, I was proud of the way we came back at the end. And um, we had everything, uh, everything out there that uh, we want to play for, uh, but we didn't take a big step back here at all as far as this team getting ready for the playoffs. And I'm not just looking uh, uh, for uh, something good. Uh, this is the kind of uh, expectation that you can be ready for. Yeah. You have to prove you can beat a team like this. Though. Well, uh, we've we got to, or you stop, uh, you stop in the playoff. Uh, we. Uh, uh, but uh, you can lose to a team like this, too, real easy. And uh, uh, it's going to always be a dogfight in the playoffs, in our mind, in my mind. So you bet your butt you can lose when you step there against a playoff team. You got a New York men. And so you got to be ready to uh, uh, have it all, uh, have, get your execution right and make some good things happen. Do you want to see your player, your starters, play next week, or would you like to get some reps? Same play. Yeah, we need uh, we need uh, that's playoff team likely that we're playing in Philadelphia. Quite possibly, we need to play uh, another. We need to play a playoff game. And uh, this is this is what gets you ready to go. Thank you, Gallup.
exiting with the knee injury. What's, what's the outlook there with Gallup? He's out for the year. Today, ACL? Yes. We've got, uh, we've, we've got to do some, uh, uh, I'm giving you, that's absent an MRI, but that's uh, just the initial diagnosis. When you, after last week in the offense are showing and today to come back, does that surprise you? Did you think you guys were past this? I think, uh, no, I think uh, Arizona had everything to do with it. We were playing uh, Washington last week. Arizona's a different cup of tea. I mean, really, I think give Arizona their due. They were really physically uh, played well and were very physical with their defense. And uh, uh, it was quite a challenge for us. And uh, uh, But uh, we sure uh, got some things out there that uh, can uh, get you playoff wins and maybe farther. And I saw, uh, saw that too. In some pretty adverse type situations, I saw our team uh, positively respond. And uh, so... Uh, we should be, at the end of the day, none the worse for what we do in the playoffs. We may should uh, positively be improved over um, uh, just getting a, a playoff to uh, see what can happen to you if you uh, uh, don't have your day. All right? I fucked it up.